lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Totters and and Aaron McIntyre. Um, a, a bit of a breaking news development for all of you on the personal front to lead things off. I know you will be uh, almost as excited to hear this as I am. But over the weekend, I was given notice that the film Nefarious is two weeks from completion, quote, three weeks tops is where we are at. And finishing the film and having it done and prepped for essentially, you know, a public or theatrical or streaming release. I know you guys are going to want to know distribution details. Guess who else would like to know them? This guy. All right. We've had some preliminary reach outs and conversations um, on multiple fronts, but we have just made the decision. Let's make the best movie we can because content is king. And once the movie is done and it's not, a con- it's a, not a concept, it's not theoretical, but it is a finished product. If we did our job, it will sell itself, right? So we will begin those conversations in earnest here shortly after the film is completed. Uh, all of us that are in on that decision-making process will gather together and begin mapping out our options and and uh, what we would like to see done. And, uh, and then we'll see what God has in store for the distribution of the film as well. But we are very, very close to finally getting to the finish line. And remember all the angst I had earlier this year? Now it's all excitement after watching the rough cut. I, I can't wait for you guys to see it. I, I cannot wait for you guys to see it. And I can't wait to see what it looks and sounds like as a finished product. Because remember, what I saw was none of that stuff. No CGI, no musical score, no sound editing, just basically stage performances on camera. That's basically what I saw. So, Question for you. You bet. If, if, again, if it is a theatrical release, are you going to wait and see that finished cut in the theater? No, I, I, we, we are going to see that strategically here within the next few weeks. Gotcha. Um, all of our production team and uh, um, investor team, we will watch it together. Um, and then... We'll see what the Lord has in store. Can I be in on that meeting? Uh, you cannot, but you will, you'll get a chance to watch it shortly thereafter that okay. meeting. Yes. I mean, I, I can't wait. And just a heads up that may entail. Remember when I did my show from a hotel room in North Carolina a few months ago? Yeah. It may entail that I have to do my show from a few other hotel rooms here in the next couple of months as we kind of take the film to certain yeah. people and entities privately to screen it to them, to sell them on the merits of its content. Okay, so just a little warning about that too, but um, very excited, cannot wait. So um, I know a lot of you are excited about the film. <clears throat> you have, you've been praying for the film. We've, we are going to have some decisions to make now, and we want to make the best ones so that the the biggest possible audience can see a film that I think has a lot of impact potential, <clears throat> pardon me, based on what I saw with the rough cut. So speaking of impact potential, I got a nice note over the weekend from our friends over at My Patriot Supply uh, that our show has been 
uh, a big boost to their bottom line over there. I don't know, though, that we can claim much credit for that, guys. I mean, I I think they maybe should have sent that note to the White House. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, something tells me we couldn't have done such a banger job for my Patriot Supply like in 2019 if you catch my drift here. You know what I'm saying? Should they start sending their stuff to the White House? Yeah, like our I, followers I, started sending our book to the White <laughs> to Fauci? I don't know. I mean, just like Obama was the greatest gun salesman of all time, yeah. this might be the greatest um, prepper salesman White House of all time. So if you want to check out our friends over at My Patriot Supply, they are continuing to offer their record generous discount, 20% off now. 20% off their popular three-month emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks. The full 2,000 plus calories a day for you and everyone in your household. Stays good for up to 20 plus years with proper storage as well. And they'll throw in free shipping too when you go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that is preparewithdace.com. Grab that 20% off now with free shipping while you still can at preparewithdace.com. At the bottom of the hour, our old friend Bob Vanderplatz will return here to the program, and I think we may have reached, um, we might have, had, Bob's had a breakthrough. I think he is more cynical than me now. And I totally dig that about him. We will have that conversation at the bottom of the hour. This is the first time, you have to understand, Bob and I have been very good friends for going on a second decade here. And there have, and this is the first time ever that he has, t that I have texted him something that I thought was going to occur. And he came back at me with, no, it's worse than you think it is. This is the first time that's ever happened. So we'll, we'll share that conversation with you at the bottom of the hour. Uh, next hour, we will play uh, some Ask Me Anything. Look forward to those questions. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. Joe Biden had a one-on-one -on -one interview with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes. Asked about historic inflation and what he'd say to families struggling to pay for their groceries, Biden said this. First of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just, uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. He was also asked about his son, Hunter. No, there's not a single thing that I've observed at all from that would affect me or the United States relative to my son, Hunter. He was asked about whether or not he's going to run again. It's much too early to make that kind of decision. And he was asked about his fitness for the job. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Watch me. Proof of the puddings in the eating. How would you say your mental focus is? It's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look, I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly.
Moving on in Martha's Vineyard, tolerance and diversity lasted about 48 hours as the WASPI residents could be heard cheering as the illegal aliens were deported from their beloved island on Friday. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis responded to the left's bleating about the stunt he pulled. All those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk and they're so upset that this is happening and it just shows you you know their virtue signaling is a fraud. It's been revealed that the Chinese mega business Evergrande made a large donation $115 million to Harvard Medical School in the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. In the days after the donation, researchers at Harvard publicly threw cold water on the idea that the pandemic originated from a lab leak. What's even more curious is that Evergrande is a highly indebted company Company. This revelation is a part of a trove of documents pertaining to Anthony Fauci obtained by The Intercept via a FOIA request. A new study that was just published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that the Pfizer COVID jabs have negative efficacy after just 20 days in children aged 5 to 11. In completely unrelated news, New York Presbyterian Hospital published this video to their YouTube account just a couple of weeks ago. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day, I had a stomach ache so bad, I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen, something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. Donald Trump held a rally in Ohio over the weekend. Mitch McConnell is a disgrace, and I hope you're going to do something about it, J.D. He's a disgrace. He could have stopped all of it. A new Trafalgar Group poll of Arizona shows gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake extending her lead. According to Trafalgar, she's leading her Democrat challenger, Katie Hobbs, 50 to 45.6 percent. On the Senate side, Democrat Mark Kelly is clinging to a razor-thin lead over Blake Masters, 46.6 percent to 45.4 percent. The University of Oregon issued an apology to Brigham Young University this weekend after an F the Mormons chant broke out during the football game between the two schools' squads. I wonder what prompted that. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Martha's Vineyard lovingly welcomes immigrants to any other part of America. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by my choice in underwear because Tommy John is fantastic. And yes, there's all kinds of talking points here about the fabrics and stuff they use i could get into never mind all that here's the best thing i can tell you about it is a few years ago they gave me a few pairs for free and i loved it so much it's the only underwear i bought ever since i can't give one of our partners a better endorsement other than i spend my own money to continue utilizing their product or service at the exact same time if you want to try tommy john and find out why they don't have fans but fanatics why they have tens of thousands of five-star reviews uh, right now you can try them for 20 percent off your first order those are big savings 20 percent off your first order store or site-wide and they've got Stuff for the ladies, too. They have loungewear, all kinds of cool stuff, not just underwear. 20% off your first order when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. That's TommyJohn.com slash Steve.
Coming up in today's overtime, the New York Times published a poll over the weekend. So this is regime polling with regime questioning, meaning this question was phrased in the most possible, favorable light you could possibly frame it. Do you think transgender people are angels sent from God? Yes, that's essentially the way they frame the question. 70% said they don't want their kids groomed by pedo simps in schools. Only 20% said, yes, my children are chattel. We will discuss what the num- what that means and what the numbers might really be if they asked the question honestly. And by the way, what that may mean for the upcoming election. I'll have some thoughts on that too. Looking at you, Tudor Dixon in Michigan. We'll get into that today at blazetv.com slash dace. Again, blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go. If you want to become a Blaze TV subscriber today at blazetv.com slash dace, or if you're already one, we will record it right after today's show, and you'll be able to watch it later today at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's get to the montage, because there's several things I want to touch on. Uh, first of all, the Trafalgar polling. I, there, there's just no way in this environment that Carrie Lake is going to win by five points or more, and Blake Masters will lose. That, that will not happen. So if, if Carrie Lake is, is going to win statewide by five points or more, why? Because she's not a different kind of branded Republican than him, right? It's, it's not like it's Mehmet Oz and Doug Mastriano, where these are two guys who do come from different manifestations or visions or opinions of the Republican Party. They are part of the same gene pool. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if Carrie Lake is going to win by five points or more as Trafalgar is currently forecasting. She will have enough coattails that Blake Masters will win as well. So devil's advocate, his punch pulling on his website that you've covered Mm -hmm. is not enough within that group. It's same type, but this, this uh, voter is so discerning now that either you are Carrie Lake and Ron DeSantis, or I don't trust you at all. Kind of. Yeah. That's not possible that he loses it. No. No, he might lose a couple of points because he has his messaging has, has been weaker than hers, as we have pointed out, right? He may lose a couple of points because of that, right? But when again, when you're getting into an election of millions of people statewide and one person who's the same profile as you wins by that magnitude, the, the there's gonna be a lot of there's a lot of people right now that are more disappointed in Blake Masters. Than they are, than they are Carrie. They're more maybe a better way of putting it that are more excited about Carrie Lake than Blake Masters, right? But today is also September the nineteenth. When they show up on November the eighth, you're going to have to be like really disappointed in Blake Masters, okay? To not while you're already there to vote for Carrie Lake, say you know what, screw it, I might as well vote for Blake Masters too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. And so because they're basically the same candidate, it's just one of them's a lot better at it. Um. Everything that Trump says about Mitch McConnell there is correct. It has been correct for many years. It has been correct since before Trump. And you guys know this because McConnell is one of the reasons why we got Trump, right? Here's the thing, though. There's no way that someone will challenge McConnell for leader without Trump's blessing. No one will have the balls to do it. Now, I certainly think it is very possible McConnell will just retire. He's over 80. I mean, he if, he <laughs> trying to manage a new caucus now with the J.D. Vances and stuff of the world, and Trump basically as a shadow Senate majority leader to some extent. 
with his own faction of senators in there. And then a few others like Cruz and others who would like to curry favor with that faction. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, on top of a presidential primary that's going to start five minutes after this election is over, I could see McConnell just say, you know, I'm taking my grift and going home. I, I absolutely could see that. And we've seen a ton of Republicans already do that, right? Okay. But if you want to defeat him for majority leader, if, if you don't want to count on him just saying, I've had enough, I'm not babysitting the inmates running the asylum now, from his perspective, that's how he sees it, right? If you want to topple him, no one will rise up to challenge him without, they won't have the balls to do it without Trump's blessing. He, he'd have to put his thumb on the scale for that to happen. And I just think that need, someone needs to say that, so I will. I mean, everything he says about McConnell is true, but he's also probably the only man in America that is uniquely empowered to actually do something about that at the exact same time. And keep in mind that these guys like to do their leadership elections over teleconference like 10 minutes after the elections are done. So this isn't going to be like a month long who's going to be the majority leader. It's going to be like 48 hours after the election, a week after the election. They'll meet, get on a conference together and determine who the leadership is. So if, if, if Trump wants to remove that disgrace, he has to play an active role and a preemptive role in that. No one will come forward with, no one will have the balls to come forward without, without Trump's blessing. The New England Journal, uh, New England's Journal of Medicine study. That is the stuff that they just respond to with and uh, keep jabbing your kids. There's a study out of Japan now. That's up on several of my social media networks. In fact, you can just go to Trump's Truth Social right now and get a copy of this study. It actually uses the phrase antibody-dependent enhancement. The ADE that we were talking a lot about at this time last year, the le what is ADE? It's what you get from a leaky vaccine. Remember, there are two kinds of vaccines, perfect and leaky. Leaky ones do not stop the spread of the virus and therefore end up leading to antibody-dependent enhancement. In other words, the more you inject, the more you infect. That's what that really means. This study out of Japan says we definitely saw evidence of ADE via Omicron, meaning that the more you were injected with those jabs, the more likely you were to get Omicron. If I had posted that on Twitter at this time last year, I would have been censored. When I said that stuff on this program at this time last year, we got strikes from YouTube. So this is yet another example where we just looked at the data, talked to actual experts, told you what they said based on that data. And if it wasn't convenient yet for the regime to admit this truth, you were censored for saying so. I want to go to what happened on Martha's, Vine Martha's Vineyard. I understand, in fact, even admire, that the whole, first of all, with Greg Abbott, and we're used to Greg Abbott basically following Ron DeSantis' lead, right? This was the first time Ron DeSantis followed Abbott's, but then he kind of came off the top rope. Instead of sending him to D.C., send him to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> okay. Um, I understand that this is a devastatingly effective political ploy. I understand that. 
This is actually one of the questions for okay. coming and, up in and, the second and, hour. And I want to acknowledge that. Do you sense a butt coming on? Oh, I'm certain. You, you yeah. kind of alluded to that last week. But. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. How did Martha's Vineyard respond? They just deported them. They didn't wait for a Supreme Court opinion to tell them if they had, you know, permission. They put them in a cage with wheels on it and yep. said goodbye. And they, they sent them to a military base. Yeah, they, they just deported them. That's what they did. Maybe I will lose my Ron DeSantis fanboy street cred by asking this question because I am an admitted one but are memes and funny haha cudgels we caught them we caught them in their hypocrisies aside didn't Martha's Vineyard essentially win this didn't they actually just do what we have wanted them to do I mean I kind of like what Carrie Lake said about this I can't remember which show she was on where she's like, I, I prefer the approach of just declaring an invasion instead of shipping illegals further and deeper into the country. I agree with that. But I also understand this is this has been a devastatingly effective political ploy, right? I, you have to, whether you think it's the most principled policy or not is a separate question, but as a political tactic, it's been devastatingly effective. But now what's the answer that Martha's Vineyard just said, well, we're just going to ship them out of here. Didn't they kind of call the bluff here? Well, it, 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 it may turn out to be that way, but this is like anything else. We never have accountability for anything. Accountability for this means you showed exactly what the proper response yes. should be. So now it's the ball is in our court. Yes. But I don't think the ball could be in our court because of who our leadership is, unless DeSantis did this. Doesn't isn't this now put doesn't this now put the onus back on the DeSantis's, Abbott's, soon to be Kerry Lake's border state Republican governors? Doug Ducey is still the governor down there. Doesn't this put the onus back on them to do the same? Yes. Hasn't the precedent now been set? This is what you can do. You don't have to tell you don't have to ingest this element into your ecosystem if you don't want to. That's a huge remove win, it. That's a huge win. It's a win if we act on it. Exactly. If we persist on, we're just going to send more bus loads. I agree. Then, I to me, I think we're undermining our point now. And I, and I think we have to make this is where do we want to quote unquote own the libs. Or do we want to win on the policy that ultimately matters? Isn't the end? Isn't the ultimate thing we learned here? Is that you bet your ass you can just act on what your community wants? Who gives a rip what a Arizona Supreme Court decision from 20 years ago with John Roberts wrote 20 years before this thing got even close to as bad as it is right now, and it was bad then? Just act, and by the just move them out before this even gets into the courts. Just remove them. They're gone. All right, cool. John Roberts can have it, and 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 Sonia Sotomayor can have any opinion they want. We already deported the thing. So good luck. Appreciate that. That's a nice blog, but we already acted. Acted. Did right? I say Martha's Vineyard 
did what they believe. Yes. So now we should too, just like your yes. book says. Yes, I, I think here that Abbott and DeSantis made, based on past precedent, a political calculation that, and they were right, that they really don't mean their talking points. But I don't. I really don't believe that they thought they would act as fast as they did in 24 hours to just have these, these this, this element completely removed from their midst. Which is even better. If we say, and that's of course the huge and if. That's to me now the follow up. If to me, if we just persist in the, you know, if we just persist on shipping more and more illegals to Kamala Harris's house, haven't we? allowed them to have the moral high ground here didn't we surrender our own premise they just acted well, they got rid be, of them that won't be anything new we surrender all the time that's all we do so who deserves more street cred than ron DeSantis for hitting the right buttons to create actual nobody change? nobody so nobody i can probably that's why i'm riding or dying with that and i'm okay with that too i'm okay with that too but to me i think if this, this is the, just abbott doing it I wouldn't trust a damn thing about it, and I'd be totally where you are. Here's the, the difference between the difference between DeSantis and Trump is is DeSantis is much more coordinated, and DeS- and, and and Trump is much more random, and and that's not an, a judgment against one or the other. It's just a difference in style. Random on the very same issue from day uh, yeah, to yes. day. But I do kind of I I don't believe, and I have no inside word. I don't believe that the DeSantis people believed. Going in, that within 24 hours, Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard just have those people shipped out of there like that. And I think this is kind of the first time now that they have stepped to the other side and called their bluff, and the other side said, all right, we'll do it. And so I kind of feel like now, for the first time, the onus is, you got to respond now, right? Yeah. I mean, so... I'm not, you know, Ted Cruz has a bill now, ship him to Delaware. I wouldn't do any of those things. No, I would not do that. that to me, that, that's just more antics. Your antics, you do antics to prove a point. We don't do antics for the sake of antics, right? So we proved a point here. Mm-hmm. What, now, we thought the point that was going to get proved is they would not, they would act on their on their bleeding hearts and leave these this element there to overrun their communities like what's happened in many of ours. They didn't do that though, right? Mm-hmm. They just completely acted contrary to their own talking points and took out, according to NBC News, they took out the trash in a tweet that they yeah. deleted. They literally tweeted that. They took out the trash. That is what NBC News literally tweeted over the weekend in a tweet they deleted. They took out the trash. So, okay. It's on then, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the precedent that's been set here now? Yeah. It, that, and we have election coming up in a matter of months, and it'll be go time after that. Joe Biden's argument on inflation is essentially Ted Bundy saying, I know that I sliced and diced 50 women. But in the last month or two, really, the, the rate of serial killings just hasn't increased all that much. It's been at the same rate and so there's still 50 bodies buried somewhere that you cannot find. There are still 50 bodies buried somewhere that you cannot find, but I've slowed down the rate of the growth of the slaughter. Well, is is that fair, essentially his argument? To be fair, that's all of Joe Biden's arguments. <laughs> over, the, over, the, over the centuries, the American presidency has projected a lot of different visions to the world. Courage, compassion, valor, cowardice, incompetence. corruption, incompetence. This is the first time it has ever projected feebleness. No one believes he's actually president. No. In fact, he even says it. 
many times. He said in this interview, he's not the commander in chief. He, how many times have we heard him say, they don't want me to answer those questions. I'm not supposed to speak on that. Right. He just says that stuff mm -hmm. out loud. He just tells you he's not. But this is the first time we have ever projected to the world feebleness. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that or anything else I just had to say. Well, I, I, I go, going back to the uh, DeSantis and the border thing, I, I just don't think there's any way of shaking up the Overton, Overton window without doing uh, things like this that make a lot of us very uncomfortable. And yes, open up. This is kind of like your concern with the, um, you're going to speak there uh, soon uh, uh, with the uh, Convention of States. Mm -hmm. We had one opinion of it. Then we realize it, it is Hail Mary time. Mm -hmm. I see that in this, in this, in that light. Yeah, there has to be follow through now. And if there's one guy that we've seen recently who actually follows things through and actually has thought things out, it's it's DeSantis. So I don't know what that necessarily looks like, but in terms of of follow through, what what really has to happen is Abbott takes control of his state and actually proactively says, "Hey, we're going to take a page out of out of the wasps at Martha's Vineyard." And we're going to deport these ourselves because the federal government has indicated they're not. Will That's what has to happen is Greg Abbott needs to be an actual leader, an actual man. That's ha what has to happen next. So I, I, I don't really have great confidence in that. I do have a little bit more confidence that whatever comes next of of Ron DeSantis in this uh, stunt, because it is just a stunt right now. I'm sure he's thought this through, but I don't really know what the next steps are. All right, we'll come back and we'll be rejoined by an old friend that we've missed the last couple of weeks, Bob Vanderplotz, and he's finally more cynical than me for the first time ever. We will discuss that here in a moment. You know, a lot of times these days, our partners and their services, their products are literally ripped right out of the headlines of what's going on in the world. I mean, uh, case in point, we told you last week, stunning number. I mean, I, I was blown away when I saw the stat that mortgage payments per month are 85% higher in September or in August of 2022 than they were in January of 2021 when Joe Biden took over. The average mortgage payment in America has gone up 85% just since then. Well, then we had another stat that topped that. Last week, we were telling you about this. Because of the increase in interest rates, you are now paying for a new 30-year fixed mortgage or refi. 189% higher interest than you were on that exact same loan the day that Joe Biden was inaugurated. That, that's just incredible. That is why it's more important than ever before to make sure you have the best credit score you can get before you go through the application process to get the absolute best rate possible. And our friends at ScoreMaster, they can help you with that. Go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. We use this service in our home about this time last year as we were going through trying to get a refi. We thought interest rates would go up this year. Didn't think they'd go up this much. Right, but we thought they'd go up, so we thought, let's go ahead and get the refi in now and uh, sneak that puppy in uh, past the goalie before the game goes uh, final. 
We just got it in and ScoreMaster was a big help. Find out exactly why you have the score you have and then exactly how to get to the score you want or need with our friends at ScoreMaster. Go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that is scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's bring in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Long time no see, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Good to see you. So I was telling the audience uh, before you came on, I mean, you and I have been very good friends for a long time. Um, we've had our moments. Yeah, yeah, everybody does. Yeah, but but we've been pretty good friends for a long sure. time. I mean, we have literally slept together, right? We've shared <laughs> no, hotel we have rooms. Not. We, right? we, the same hotel room, yes. But, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, okay. What did you think I meant? No, I have no idea. Yeah, this is Lindsey Graham. But, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've gone and we've done business together, ministry together. We've been on campaigns together, right? I mean, we've we've shared a lot of time together over the last what we've done a lot of shows years. together. We have, yeah. I think though, and when you have a relationship that has that's as as defined and established as ours, you're always want you you want things that kind of liven it up. You, you know bet. what I'm saying? You're worried, you know, things maybe get a little stale, right? You're always looking for you know some new stimulation. Last week, you and I's relationship experienced something new, at least as far as I can remember. <laughs> I was on vacation last week. I know. And, and that makes this even more impressive. For the first time ever, this is total role reversal. This is usually how it goes the other way around. <laughs> I, know, I okay? know where you're going. For the first time ever, I tweeted you something that I thought was pretty cynical. And you came off the top rope on me to get even more cynical than I was. That's, I, I really believe it. That's never happened before. Right? So, so Usually I'm, I'm the good cop, you're the bad yes. cop. Yes, so first of all, I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you. All right? Now, the audience won't be excited by this, but I kind of am in a warped, twisted way. Because I reached a new low. You did. You did reach a new low. <laughs> yes. All right? So last, so we have been talking a lot. I have been on social media. I know you have been... The, this this whole disrespect for marriage, you know, issue a rainbow jihad fatwa on the church um, bill that was in the Congress. You bet. And whether they'd get 10 Republican senators to vote to break the filibuster to put it on Joe Biden's desk, right? Late last week, out of nowhere, the they Democrats pull. just announced they're pulling that bill and and they're, they're, they're going to pull it until after the midterms to bring it back up. All right. Now, our producer, Aaron, by the way, predicted this on the day group a week ago Friday, and it happened like five days later. So we're not worthy to that. <laughs> that was a heck of a poll there by Aaron. But I texted you what I had tweeted out, which was they're doing this, I believe, because they were afraid it would actually pass. And they just wanted the talking point. They, they thought they'd get enough Republicans, particularly ones that are going to retire soon, hate their base, feel free to come out, frankly. They, they were afraid it would actually pass. And they didn't want it to pass. They just wanted the talking point. And so they pulled it and they're going to bring it back in the midterms after they get annihilated when they won't have the numbers to pass it just so they can use that as a wedge issue for their base. Right. That was my take on it. And for the first time ever, you're like, no, no, son. The situation's far worse than even you think it is. You came off the top rope on me and said what? Well, I really believe that uh, they, they did have the votes to pass, but I think what is they did a negotiation where let's bring it up after the midterms so Republicans don't have to have this issue going into Election Day where they threaten the loss of their base. And after they win re-election, 
now we'll do the wink and the nod and we'll go ahead and we'll vote for your uh, disrespect marriage bill and we'll, we'll codify same-sex marriage in law. I just don't think they wanted to do it before the election. And Steve, maybe it's because being on the front line and I'm talking to these U.S. senators, I'm texting the U.S. senators, I'm, I'm pinging them, commu- communicating with them, and either they went silent, meaning uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore about this issue, or they were retweeting me like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz retweeted my tweet about, you know, this is a great danger for religious liberty, not just for this generation, but for all generations to come. This could be a disastrous vote. And so I know they've had been having a lot of turmoil in the caucus. And I think that turmoil in the caucus, plus outside voices like mine and others, were probably reasons that we don't want to go into the election saying, hey, we don't have a base anymore. Or what difference does it make in the vote? Let's come back after we win re-election, and now let's have the vote. Because the other thing that I think you just said that I would disagree with you on is that the Republicans would have the majority of the U.S. Senate. I don't think that's true today. I think odds are you're still going to have majority leader uh, or Senate of the President Schumer, uh, not McConnell. See, I don't agree with that. I think they will. there will at least be 52 Republicans in the Senate. I think I think there will I, I at least right. be that number. And you know me, I don't, frankly, I can't stand most of these Republicans, and I don't ever do analysis on the basis of what I want the outcome to be. But I think there will at least be 52. Now, that here's the thing, that, that number might be their ceiling and their floor, right? Like, sure. I don't think it's a floor of 52 with a ceiling of no. 55. I don't think of that. But I think there will at least be 52 Republicans in the U.S. Senate in January. And I think we both would agree that the U.S. House, you will have a new Speaker of the House. And mm-hmm. whether that's McCarthy or not remains to be seen. But I believe you will have a new Speaker of the House. I just think the Senate is way up, way more up for grabs than what people believe it is. So does if there is a majority of Republicans in the Senate, does that change your hyper cynicism here at all? Well, I would sure hope so. I would sure hope that if you have a Republican majority. And why why like, would Democrats don't wouldn't Democrats want the Republican base to be split? So then why not go ahead and say, screw that. We're going to put it up right now. Why do they care if the Republicans? Because I think base? what you'd have is you have too many Republicans saying, if you put it up now before the November election, gotcha. I've got to vote no. Gotcha. And so therefore, I'm not going to pass it. However, you bring it up after the November election, and you've got my vote. So this is where the difference in our levels of cynicism is, is you still <laughs> think that it's more than likely Republicans will not win the Senate. I think it's definitely I, a toss-up at best. Okay, I, I, I would say today, I would have said, I would have said maybe 60% um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's at least 70 or 75 that they're going to win the okay. Senate today. And that's where, I, again, I don't, I don't think it's very principled, I just know that the number one way the Republican Party operates as a machine, its number one priority is to screw conservatives. Its number two priority is to not let the conservatives be known, let it be known to them that they're being screwed, right? Where they, you and I both know of specific situations where they, whether at the state legislature or on Capitol Hill, will sit back there and literally game theory out. All right, you took the crap vote last time. We'll protect you. You take the crap vote this time. As my buddy Daniel Horowitz likes to say, most Republicans on stuff you hate are vote no, hope yes. Right? It's easier to hope no or to vote no, hope yes when you're in the minority. When you're in the majority, though, and you don't and and you don't need any of their votes to pass anything, okay? Then you have to own those betrayals. 
And what and it would be way out of character for the Republican Party in a majority to come right out and show their base. Here's us publicly knifing you right to your face. See, and I don't believe they'll do that. I think if McConnell becomes majority leader, I, I don't believe McConnell's going to say, I'm going to bring the Respect for Marriage Act back up. Now, you also have to remember, now you got a U.S. House that's going to be Republican-controlled as well. Right. I don't think that U.S. House is going to send a Respect for Marriage Act again yeah. either. So I think that's going to be dead on arrival. I think what it is, I think Schumer's still betting his cards. He may believe more like I do that he has a better shot at being a majority leader than McConnell does and saying, tell you what, we won't take the vote now, but after the November midterms, we're going to take the vote then, and hopefully that they would pass it. I hope that's not the case. So here's here's the number one, I think Biden's speech two weeks ago clinched whatever 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 notion that there would be a red trickle as opposed to a red wave i think that speech 2 weeks ago ended it i i think the 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 the, the metric in the math is now back to what things looked like from january until say mid july when they sold us out on guns all right i and 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 one of the things i've seen robert kahaley at trafalgar polling that has been arguably the best and most accurate pollster in America for the last six years. One of the things that he has said that I wholeheartedly agree with, he's been very open. He said it on our show before, he has said in other shows, the, the secret sauce of their success has been the assumption that there was, a, there was an underreported, stigmatized Trump voting factor out there that because of the stigma associated with certain segments of the culture with Trump, I didn't want to admit I was voting for him. Mm -hmm. And so they had to base that into their calculus who, who are we not reaching that's going to vote for him? He used to describe it as the guy who doesn't want to tell his neighbor he's voting for Trump. Right? I'm not voting for Trump, but my neighbor is. Exactly. Yes. Yep. All right. And so he actually said over the weekend, and I completely agree with this, that that, especially when you consider midterm elections, you're maybe talking even in a high year, 35, 40% of the electorate turns out for a midterm, which makes fluctuations and variations even wider, Right. The less, the less there is of a vote, then the more one consolidated group can swing things one way or another, right? Okay. He actually thinks this midterm will be the highest level of hidden sort of Trump type of voters than ever before because of that speech. That that speech turned off or, or fired up so many people to say that's just that's that's just not America. That, yeah. that that cannot happen. We cannot have a president speaking and projecting that in America. And and I agree with him on that actually. Well, if you listen to the speech and basically saying we're going to go this way, this is the progressive nature of things. For that part of America that doesn't get it, you know, shame on them. You know that we're, we're not leading that type of America. I could see where that raises up. Uh, the level, say, the Trump voters, the Make America Great Again voters saying, we are going to show up. What the left is planning on, what they're hoping for, is their wedge, wedge issue for a long time has been the abortion issue, mm -hmm. the pro-choice issue. Mm -hmm. So they believe their numbers are going to rise up. That may be where you start getting to a higher percentage than what a typically midterm election would give. I still believe, I still think when you look at the U.S. House, that's going to be McCarthy or a new speaker. When you look at the U.S. Senate, 
I still think it's up for grabs, although you think it's a little bit higher than that. I, in fact, I, mean, I think it's like 90% Republicans will win the House, and I think it's at least 70%. You went from 75 to 90 yeah, in, I, I in think, a heartbeat. I, I think that Oh, speech, the 90% in the House. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, I, I would have said 80% went in the House a couple of weeks ago. I think it's about 90 now. And I think it's, I, I think that speech, it, it, it reminds me a little bit, and, and you're, you and I are political nerds, so you'll remember this too. Do you remember when former Iowa Senator, when, when Paul, what's his fate? Paul Wellstone. Oh, sure. When Paul Wellstone, the Minnesota, Minnesota you know, left-wing uh, senator tragically died. And it was in the middle of the O2 campaign. And they held a public funeral for him. And, and so we're still a nation coming out of 9-11. We're still pretending. Our political apparatus is still pretending to be unified, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tom Harkin gave the eulogy. Do you remember this? I do not remember and, this. And he gave like an explicitly partisan, help, win, do it for Paul was, the, was his speech. Vote Democrat up and down the ballot. Do it for Paul. Republicans are terrible. Do it for Paul. Vote Democrat. All right. And- I remember at the time Rush making a big deal about that speech that it would have a massive rubber band uh, effect, and I and, and you saw that. I mean, Bush did something that is very rare—a president gaining seats in a midterm election in two thousand two, especially yep. after a controversial general election the year prior or the cycle prior. All right, that taking the occasion when we're still a, a, a pretending to be united post nine eleven America. And taking the occasion of a state funeral to turn it into a partisan super PAC political rally turned a lot of people off and made them made it made it made the Democrats unity look fake. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't really in on it. It made them look un-American, I guess is what I'm trying to say. This is that on steroids. That's not a that's there's a lot of people that think people like you and I are not good people or don't agree with us or understand where we're coming from. But they also think that's not America. And I think that I think the 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 blowback on that will be catastrophic. And, and that speech, just so everybody knows, it's had such ripple effects that yesterday in our church, that speech was there was, you go. was basically cited, and cited. And matter of fact, you went back to Genesis one in the first four words of Genesis one. In the beginning, God. That becomes the defining line, the dividing line. In the beginning, God, or or is there not a God? And basically using that speech by saying, this is a progressive nature. We're just going to go the way man thinks, the way government thinks, what we want, however we feel, versus saying, in the beginning, God, and there's a standard that we go to. I mean, that that speech was five minutes away from Joe Biden just going full Antiochus Epiphanes and slaughtering a pig on the altar. I mean, that, that, that level of assertion, that level of it's we are in charge, yeah. you are the enemy, that's, that's, that's not stuff— we read about stuff like that in history books, not in our own history. I'll give you the last word. So, well, so when you take a look at it, typically what we've known from the last elections is a turnout your base election. And so Biden's speech is he's saying, this will turn out my base. We believe the opposite effect is going to happen. It will turn out the conservative base. It'll turn out the Trump base. And I think what it's going to do is we're going to have this election on November 8 to see who actually wins that day. But thankfully right now, Aaron was right, and they polled the disrespect for marriage act. Good stuff. Good to have you back. You bet. God bless. Can we get you two weeks in a row? No, next week I'll be gone. The following week I'll be gone too. But the third week I will be here. Make a note. Noted. You got some extra guests. How many PTOs do I have? PTOs? Personal time off? (laughs) None. Um, All of them or none of them. You get just as much PTO as you get payment around here. None and you'll like it. Episode time off. Here we go. All right. We'll come back. 
Time to ask me anything with hour number two here in a moment. Stay tuned. with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre totters and all of you let us know what you think about what we think by emailing this show steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook me we parlor and gab you can follow us at steve dace show on twitter and getter you can also look for me on trump's Truth Social over at Real Steve Dace at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. And you can get clips, real stuff, real footage of the show, free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. That's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Thanks to all of you, by the way, that have left us five-star reviews. You have helped us make the necessary offering to the algorithmic gods. They are a fickle pantheon, by the way. So please keep those five-star reviews coming. And hit subscribe and follow as well. And hey, if you've got a, a future question that you'd like to have considered for an Ask Me Anything and you put it inside your five-star review, you will go to the front of the line of our next Ask Me Anything, which is a week from today. Our, well, actually, next one is coming up here in five minutes. So the one after that is coming up a week from today. This portion of the show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You know when you use the bathroom, don't you close the door behind you? I mean, you want people like randomly like looking in on you and violating your privacy. So why would you let people look in on you when you go online using things like uh, the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. What's worse, they can sell that information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. Or in more ways than one, probably. All right, so ExpressVPN will help you put a stop to this with a secure encrypted tunnel between your devices and the internet so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. It is very easy to install, just a few minutes for each of your device and a click away from getting started with the number one rated VPN by Mashable, The Verge, and countless others. That's ExpressVPN. And... If you want to use my exclusive link at expressvpn.com slash Steve, you get an extra three months for free on an annual subscription. So 15 months for the price of 12 at express V as in victory, P as in Paul, N as in network, expressvpn.com slash Steve, 15 months for the price of 12 at expressvpn.com slash Steve. And let us begin with some Ask Me Anything questions from five-star reviews and also our followers on MeWe. Todd has selected those questions. I've not seen any of them in advance. Are we ready to go? I believe so. All right, Aaron, you may fire when ready. We will begin with three five-star review questions. This first one comes from Shadow Game 2. From a Christian and competitive perspective, should my teenage sons wrestle a girl if that's their only option other than forfeit. And let me preview all three questions that your questions were lengthy commentary and I had to win all to boil it down. down. So that's the gist of what was way more involved. <sighs> the answer is no. I was a peewee wrestler and I remember being extremely upset, little six or seven year old Aaron, that I, I, I had to forfeit a game to a girl. I, well, here's the only reason I hesitated. Because, of course, I think the answer knee-jerk is no. Your child, your son should not be manhandling a woman like that in any context whatsoever. All right? 
I only hesitated because I can't give you unbiased takes on wrestling. I have severe, lifelong psychological damage and scarring from my brief attempt at wrestling. Forgive me, I I owned the wrestling album. I thought it was real. I was a real American. All right, I watched the WWF cartoon as a kid. I loved Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I still remember Jimmy Superfly Snugger coming off. Steel Cage, the first WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan and Mr. T taking down Roddy Piper. Captain Lou Albano. All right, so... This is not how I thought this question was yeah, going to I, go. I, 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 and then I saw Vision Quest. Okay, I, so... It's one year I didn't make the basketball team. I tried the wrestling thing. It did not go well. As I've discussed before, I was a late bloomer. Uh, and let's just say the singlet bulged in places that you don't want it to, and it didn't in the places you did. I won one match. Sparta Middle School. I can't remember what it was. The flu, measles. They had some kind of outbreak, and I won by forfeit. Now there's a pestilence in this story, too? Yes, yes. <laughs> the only time Dave ever ever let me quit anything, like anything, was wrestling. I went to him, man, sobbing, hat in hand. He's like, frankly, you are embarrassing us all. So, yes, you can, you can quit. <laughs> I remember that first wrestling practice, me and a buddy, we had watched pro wrestling. We're like doing Irish whips and figure four leg locks and the warm-ups. A coach comes in and says, all right, bear crawls. And we're like, what fresh hell is this? All right. I am incapable of giving from that experience onward. I am incapable because of what the winter of 1986 did to me at Jackson Park Middle School in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I am incapable of giving any form of measured or unbiased take on anything to do with the sport of the water polo helmet. I, I can't. Breaking, okay? Steve, uh, this guy just canceled his uh, blaze subscription <laughs> while you were talking because he can't take it anymore. He doesn't remember his question no. anymore. Like, <laughs> what did I even ask? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I came to you for spiritual help. Instead, you receive my brokenness. All right. Because everything I just told you is exactly true. All right. So that's why I hesitated because I'm like, can I analyze this objectively? Right. But my instant reaction is no, your sons should never be manhandling women in that way, shape or form. And I don't care that the women consent. They should not. So what? You know? I mean, I mean, uh, women consent to um, water sports, women consent to prostitution, women consent to all other manners of things that are degrading that they should not be consenting to. That's not a standard. Okay. That's women don't set the standard or uh, the standard is the standard. So whether they're consenting to your son, feeling them up in manners and ways they should not is irrelevant because that's not the time and the place for it. And so my answer would be no. You know, I'd, I'd go one further. And I met a wonderful, as part of the Save Girl Sports, a great girl, great family. She, I don't know, I think she was in late elementary, maybe sixth grade at most, but she, a girl wrestler. So great people. But I, I, I wasn't 
there's no way I would even let my daughters wrestle ever. Mm-hmm. Next, Pastor B in Illinois says, What is your advice to a pastor in a deep blue state who largely agrees with your red state theory but doesn't want to abandon his flock? Well, your first priority, and I have said this about red states, that unless you are called to missionary level of work, that always takes priority. And remember, like I said, this was a lengthy question. It was very thoughtful. So it's not just some knee jerk. He's not arguing with Steve or anything like that. He genuinely wants his insights. I mean, let's take it out of red and blue and let's let's put it in a different context because the same principle will apply. Okay, let's go with crime and safe. Okay, let's go with that, right? So like inner city or if you, Yeah, if you are called to minister to 8 Mile in Detroit, okay? If you're Billy Joel and you may be right, you're walking, you're walking Bedford style alone for Jesus though. You're doing it for, you're not crazy, okay, like he was in the song, all right? You're doing it for Jesus. You're walking Bedford style alone for Jesus, all right? You're, 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 you're playing house in Watts and South Central for Jesus, Right? Um, that takes priority over everything because that's the, that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of forever. That, that takes priority over everything, but missionaries have gone to all kinds of unsafe places and have reconsidered whether to take their children with them when they go. Right. Yeah. Is it safe to take my children or children of a certain age? Right. But in that case, you are answering a specific call on your life and your life is not your own, you were bought at a high price. So you need to answer your call and then finish that race. Are there 6 million people that voted for Trump, that wasted their time and citizenship voting for Trump in 2020 who are missionaries to the state of California, do you think? No. If you are, if there are 6 million missionaries to the state of California, might I consider... We also need an upgrade of our missionary training because you suck. All right. I mean, you guys suck at this. So you're an exception that proves the rule. You have a calling. You were called to shepherd a flock. And your willingness to lay down your life for the sheep, as Christ did for his, that's, that's part and parcel with the calling itself. Now, something tells me, though, that a lot of people who use this excuse, it's really just because I've got a massive multi-site campus in the suburbs and I don't want to risk it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's, you know, to me, if you're not coming to this show and answering that question if you're one of those types. You're earnestly wrestling with it. I actually think your, play, your, 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 your calling, brother, isn't easy, but it's pretty simple. You have to answer that call on your life and fulfill it. You have to finish your race. I taped an interview with Eric Metaxas today, the best-selling author for his podcast that they're going to run tomorrow. And he asked me for my final words. And my final words were, more men need to get in the race. And then the men that are in the race need to finish that race. You need to finish your race. And that takes priority and precedence over absolutely and everything. However... Would we advise someone with a family if they weren't there for a specific missionary work? 
And missionary work, by the way, also includes like we're talking missionary from a charitable construct, like a, 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 a Mother Teresa in Calcutta, right? So we're not just talking about, you know, evangelistic missionary of your service missions, like a like a food pantry or the poor or anything of that nature. Would we advise people with families to move to Watts, to move to move to Bedford Stuy or to move to eight mile just because would we advise that? No, no. Same principle applies here. Unless you have a specific calling, there is no point to wasting your citizenship there. You are literally wasting it. It's not doing any good. You're doing no good there. So, you, because you can't, by definition, they won't let you be a citizen anymore. That's correct. You can still be a missionary anywhere. That's correct. But you can't be a citizen. That's why I use the term citizenship and missionary. Yeah. They are mutually exclusive at times. Because as a missionary, you are agreeing that I'm giving up those things to answer this call. I have a unique, specific call on my life, and that takes precedence over these other things. You're admitting that. And that's one of the greatest honors that God can bestow on anybody is that level of calling. A lot of our people, though, are forsaking their citizenship and not being mission, missional. They're just existing and subsidizing evil in the place where they live. And it's accomplishing nothing other than it's propping up that level of evil. That's all. Next, we go to Porg Chop Wookie's snack, who says, <laughs> Nice. What do you think are the motivations behind the railroad strike and what the end goal is? In, in reading what he had to write, I, I couldn't help but thinking of the first the crawl of the phantom menace the whole premise of that movie trade routes are blocked and it sets Mm -hmm. up it's part of the emperor palpatine moving around all of these pieces for his great scam uh well that's actually kind of where i was going to Mm. go Uh, i i think that and that doesn't mean it's always right Let's, let's, let us not become masters of alternative projection, right? Um, my buddy Brad Stein used to, maybe he still does, used to have a line in his comedy routine. And he used to say, if Catholics see Mary everywhere, Protestants see the devil everywhere. Oh, the devil's all over me, man. I just lost my job. No, dude, you're a moron who showed up late for work three days in a row, never called in. Your ass got fired. You're just terrible. You're a degenerate. It's not the devil, it's you. That's kind of his joke. Here's right? a piece of toast with Marianne. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. And and no, the pink slip doesn't have the devil on it. It has your name on it because you were late to work three days in a row and never called in. Okay. So let us let's not become masters of alternative projection. But I do think if you read the signs of the times of the era in which you live and in different eras, those signs may point to different things and different assumptions. But I think in the era in which we live, we should point and begin with a default assumption that almost any major story in the world is some form of a chess piece being moved to a grander scheme. And, you know, Aaron and I were joking about this after you listened to the interview I did with Metaxas. We were sitting in the break room before we started our show, and Aaron was like, man, 
Eric has come a long way the last few years. And I'm like, so have we. I, I said, when you were booking the show, yeah. I'd have told you don't ever book anybody to come on our show and say the stuff I just said in Eric's show, right? Yeah. Okay. But what's the what's the similarity here between Eric and I? We have, and and you know we got into this with with the difference between say him and I and David French. I mean, David French used to be on this show a lot. In 2015, Eric, David, French, and I all would have said a lot of the same things. Why are we making this a zero-sum game? We're, we're going nuts. We're going crazy. We don't have to do this. And then for Eric, it was Drag Queen Storytime Hour. That's what he told me on his show today. For me, it was the Kavanaugh thing and the Mueller thing right after that. Just completely confirmed frauds. And that's when I had to finally say, okay. Now, I am a deceiver if I don't acknowledge that I'm in, I'm guilty of that which I'm accusing my opponents of doing all my career projecting based on a preferred outcome not on what the reality of the world is and the difference between say Eric and I and a David French is when we came to that fork in the road Eric and I objectively looked at the evidence and said man it's gonna suck to take that path because we know what it means and we got nice lives too, and we got kids, and we want futures for them. And, you know, we had every incentive not to take this road, except that's where the truth is pointing. So here, here I am. I can do that. That's right. So we're going to take the truth. French decided, truth be damned, I'm not taking that road, no matter how much more evidence you give me. And then when you give yourself over to that level of idolatry, then you end up becoming a slanderer of the brethren. It's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Because you have forsaken the truth for a lie, you have Romans 1 yourself. You have Romans 1 yourself. You have decided that maintaining the convenience of what you're comfortable with in the world is more important than the truth itself. And that's why at times David French is still on the side of truth because it won't cost anything to take that position. When it costs something existential to take that position, he turns on those that demand that of him. That's why he turns on us. And so a few years ago, I would not have begun with the assumption that you're watching chess pieces in a grand game being moved. But how in the world could I come out of the last 29 months of this show and start with any other assumption other than that? Right? Yep. Doesn't mean it's true. And always test the spirits. Don't become self-righteous the other way. Where you're like, hey, I, I, you know, I was one of the first to know what time it is. I was the first to know what the signs of the times were. So I always know you're not omniscient. Only God is. You can put yourself in a pharisaical position, both trying to redefine him and also trying to co-opt him. I mean, it's, that's what some of the Pharisees did. The Sadducees denied he was Messiah. The Pharisees debated him because he wasn't good enough or smart enough to be. So don't be a fool that way. But I also think it would be foolish and foolishly naive in these times we live in to not start with that assumption and then do your mental math and work your way down from there. And the numbers may point to is just a, you know, it's just a strike. Could be that. But I would, I would would begin your assumptions with things of a, on a grander scale than that. Before we continue on, uh, a quick word about our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. In these 
unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you have an agent that you can trust because buying and selling a home can we be one of the most stressful things you'll ever do. And that's when the economy is not let's go brandoning as it is right now. Especially in this day and age, you need to make sure you've got an agent with a trusted track record of success that'll take you from beginning to end. They'll alpha and omega this thing for you, finish your race, and they will make sure to close your sale or your purchase with the best terms possible for you. Where would you find just such an agent? The name kind of says it all. Head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got a waiting list of thousands of agents around the country waiting to get referred to by us to you. Why are they waiting? Because we haven't verified them yet. We don't just take anybody. And a lot of times these agents, by the way, come from this audience. So, you know, they share your value system. Uh, get started. Our, give us some basic info and we'll get you started with our team. Uh, they'll make a connection and an introduction to one of our preferred agents, either to where you're at or where you want to go. When you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Next up, we go to your audience on MeWe. Monty says, I'm a do-my-own-research kind of guy and getting absolutely nowhere on the interwebs or journal searching. And every time it's come up on your show, you only say something along the lines of only bad things or to an even darker place we'll go. So I'll ask the question again. Given all the recent publications regarding the snake oil bite and the spiked venom that seems to never go away in the body, causing uncountable problems, exactly how safe is our blood supply? What are the consequences of a pure blood receiving a transfusion of infected blood? If you don't know the answer, can you please ask one of the many excellent guests the same question? So I'm actually getting this question quite a bit in my inbox and variations of it. Um... I have intentionally not answered it because, how do I put this? Um, I'll just put it bluntly. This has as much opportunity as anything we have talked about regarding this virus and this jab to create a false or um, rational fear of the long time or the long term care of our healthcare system. And as a kid who grew up in the 80s, you'll remember this too, Todd, the fear of HIV infected blood. Yeah. And that's why we had a ban. Until these guys took over, we had a ban on HIV infected people giving blood in this country for decades. Okay. So is that how Ryan White, remember that case out of Indiana, I think it was, is that how he got it was from a blood transfusion, I believe? I think so. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that, and ailments outside of COVID, obviously, that would require a blood transfusion for survival. And so on this question, man... I mean, I, I've tried not to this entire 29 months. As time goes on and more and more of the stuff we originally thought was true is getting confirmed, I'm a little bit more willing to um, extrapolate, I guess we'll say, than what the actual right this minute data I can confirm says, because we've, we've seen enough trends and things of that nature that I'm a little bit more comfortable doing it. But uh, on this one... I just feel like, and, and and I haven't asked anybody because there hasn't been any real studies or data or anything on this one yet. 
And I just think on something that is as vital and fundamental to our... And, we're, and, and when you need a blood transfusion, it's often like at a triage level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I just think it's something that's this vital, vital and fundamental and immediate of a need within our healthcare system. I, I, I'm just not comfortable even theorizing where this is concerned. I'm not qualified to do that. And so I've got to see... I've seen no data on this now. I, we've got to at least see some. And I don't even want to make assumptions. I, I don't even want to make assumptions because the most of the time, the reason you would need a blood transfusion or you would need an infusion of blood to some degree is because you are in a triage environment. And, and I just think we should be very, very careful that we might cause someone to unnecessarily you know, bleed out of a gunshot wound because we have unproven fears about this. This is not something to be trifled. None of it is, but especially this, because we get into healthcare realms far beyond the window that we have been debating on this topic and everything associated with it for the last 29 months. Next from Joe. Why are men, mankind, any of the human family, baptized with water and fire? Now, Please explain why the earth was also baptized by water in the days of Noah and will be baptized by fire at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, can you leave that, leave that up there so I can see it? Okay. Um, the, the, bat, the, the baptism of water, you have to, when you study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, everything is the entire Bible is about Christ. The entire Bible is. Everything ev- everything in the Bible is leading to a messianic narrative. Everything is. That's that's the meta narrative of the scriptures. Christ is. And you cannot properly or rightly divide its entire meaning without Christ. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. The, the entirety of everything is about him. The lamb's blood over the door is pointing to Christ. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Everything is to point us to salvation. An atonement of our sins that is found in Christ alone. Everything is. The kingdom of his first coming from Genesis 3, the woman will have the seed who will crush the heel of the serpent to what we see with his second coming and the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. Everything ultimately is about that narrative. It's not exclusively, I didn't, did I say exclusively? No. No. What did I say? Ultimately. The ultimate truth the Bible points to, the Bible narrative points to, is Christ. Not the only, not exclusively, but ultimately it points to that. Okay. So the baptizing of the world or the cleansing of the world with water pointing to the cleansing of the world or the cleansing of us with water that would come later. The cleansing of us of our sins. 
The world is reborn out of a flood. Out of a water baptism. It's essentially a new creation. God reboots. Behold, he makes all things new. Start all over again. The fire, the refiner's fire. Also points to the second time, the return of Christ. He's never coming again as a baby in a manger. Did that act once, not doing it again. We're not coming meek and mild. He lays his glory by. We're not singing that song anymore. We we'll be, won't be singing that song after he comes again. We'll be singing songs and hymns about a king of kings with a robe dipped in blood and a sword in his mouth. And so all of this imagery and all of this wording that at times may seem awkward to us in a, in a contemporary cultural context, if you understand, I mean, Isaac offering up his only begotten son, willing, his willingness to offer up his only, be, Abraham's willingness to offer up his only begotten son, Isaac, as a sacrifice to God. All of it, the entire biblical narrative is about Christ. All of it is, ultimately. Not exclusively, but ultimately. And so if you begin, if you begin your Bible study from that premise, a lot more of these things will then begin to fall into place and make more sense for you. If you don't, then they won't. More Ask Me Anything in a Moment. Well, you don't have too many options these days to not do business or take a chance on doing business with somebody who hates you, which is why when a clear option along those lines presents itself, take full advantage of it with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They're America's really only, I guess, American uh, mobile phone company. Uh, everybody uses pretty much the same tower, so you'll get pretty much the same network you get from all the big communist uh, companies that are out there. Um, and you can make your switch with your business and as an individual, whichever you prefer. When you go to make the switch, if you're a veteran or first responder, whether you're an individual, a family, or a business owner, let them know they've got special savings for you, for everybody else. They'll give you a free activation with the offer code Steve if you make the switch today. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, our family made the switch about this time last year and have never regretted it. They did a great job handling it for us. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's continue on with uh, this week's Ask Me Anything, Aaron. This next one is from Kyle, and it's two questions, actually. First, could you come up with a short list of very important litmus tests for those of us shopping for a new church? Ways to indicate if a church and pastor are genuine spiritual leaders who know what time it is. So here's the first thing I would tell you is um, uh, when I first got into political activism here in Iowa, uh, me and a couple of buddies, um, we put together like a survey because we were truly trying to see where churches were. And we surveyed, we sent a survey out probably to several hundred Iowa churches and probably got responses back from several dozen. And, and then you'd go and look, we looked at the websites of all the churches that we didn't get responses back. 
And let me tell you what we found. No church sent us a response back that said, Hi, I'm the lesbian pastor with three wives and 14 cats. We don't believe in anything. Nobody did that. You'd go on the website of the churches we knew that were like that. Weirdly, they didn't just come right out on their website and say they were like that. Now, nowadays they might. Yeah. They might do that now. Okay. So it, it'll probably be very obvious who opposes you. What you're trying to find out, Kyle, with a question like this, who's, who's actually for you? There are sins of commission and then there are sins of omission. Well, you're not doing anything wrong. You just failed to do what God called you to do and to do what is right. I'm going to assume that nowadays a lot of the churches that are doing what is wrong are just openly going to tell you right to your face, brazenly. What you're trying to figure out is who are the, what churches are committing sins of omission. Here's one way that you could probably do it. And then maybe there's other ways to do it that if I had more time, I could think of. But let me give you a simple answer. Most churches nowadays will post their messages on their website. Go back and look. And yeah, I'm going to say like five years. Well, that's a lot of messages. Dude, you're choosing a church, man. You know what I'm saying? This isn't, you know, I mean, do I want uh, uh, wedge fries at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's? You know, I mean, you're choosing a church. So yeah, accumulate as much data as you can. Go back like over five years and find out if they have done any messages or any series out of or based on the book of Romans. Because if you want a litmus test, Romans will give it to you. You cannot water Romans down. It's impossible. Which is why heretics will often look to ban it. And those that are committing sins of omission from the pulpit will just bypass it and ignore it. I can't, you cannot turn Romans into five steps to a greener lawn. You cannot do it. You cannot turn Romans in how to be nicer than God. Won't happen. It says right there in the first chapter, the wrath of God is revealed upon and the names everybody who deserves it, which is basically everybody. Okay. So Romans is a great litmus test. I'm sure there are others people could come up with and message, but since you're asking me, Romans is a great litmus test. And then don't just see if they did it. What did they do? Listen to it. Watch it. So that'd be one, exa one example of a litmus test I would look for. Second question from Kyle. He says, the last two years have convinced me this is necessary. Would Todd be able to recommend reputable literature and content in the anti-vax space? Yeah, and we've had him on the show all the time, and that's the reason I included this, because Steve's basically now recommended him as well by the number of times we had him on the show. Just start with Dell Bigtree. Go to the Highwire. That website is comprehensive. Links everywhere. And I think, you know, Steve had questions about me. I, I think, you know, if Steve didn't trust uh, me uh, to uh, endorse him, he wouldn't have had him on the show. Uh, so... I think, you know, from there, Steve can take it, but uh, he, he's been on our show many, many times. 
when some of you people have asked on uh, Twitter, that's where I pointed you. It, it'll take you to infinitely more places. I will defer to Todd on that. I mean, you're how I found out about Del Beck Tree in the first place. So, yeah. Next up, Stephen. With the coming planned economic collapse, do you believe this will be the excuse they use to switch us to the digital dollar with very little warning? I believe it could be an excuse to do that. Yes. This is like the railroad thing again. Yes. I, I believe that it could be. Yeah. Um, and it's also a way to, to reboot your currency after you've debased it to the level that we have, similar to what they tried to do in Europe 20 years ago with the euro, right? Um, so yeah, I absolutely believe we're, we're dealing with people. You know what? Let me put it this way. Last week on this show, one of the most academically cited medical scientists in human history in human history who is the professor emeritus of the Yale School for Public Health and Medicine came on this show and said that they killed tens of thousands of people that didn't have to die Because it was worth more to them to deny them early effective treatments so they could justify their emergency authorization use for their poisonous jab than it was to save their lives. Does that answer your question? I, I think we would be practicing Frenchian levels of self-delusion. We'd be Jonah Goldberg. Do you even read your own books, bro? Do you read your own books? Or Eric Clapton. I, and I was there for Woodstock and the 70s too. I could have sworn we did all this so that the man couldn't tell us what to do, and now we're just going to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices to the state, right? Yep. Yeah. You would be the people Eric Clapton was talking about last year were levels of Frenchy and Jonah Goldbergian self-delusion to not start from an assumption in this day and age of catastrophic levels of evil and sinister chess levels of of of, of, of maneuvering occurring. I, I don't know how else to answer that. Doesn't mean it is. Doesn't mean it is, right? I mean, total depravity existed before COVID, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's just our brains are busted, we're sinners and we suck. Sometimes it's just that, but I don't know how you would not begin from the assumption of how do these dots connect with the previous dots that we connected. I'll just chime in too. I, I am more of a of the mind that this is a 
that this is a chess piece, a chess move, more than I am the railroad strike. I think we're a lot closer to this. Mm, I could see that, yeah. Paul says, if the shipping of illegals is politics or not, do you believe it's productive? I think it's become highly productive. And in fact, I, I think Martha Vin Martha's Vineyard's behavior has made it even, has taken it, has made it productive. Before, you could have argued it was, it was just productive in a meme sense. It was productive in the world of those of us who are involved in political Twitter or the political back and forth that exists within the media, but the vast majority of Americans themselves don't have time to take part in. You could have made that argument. may not be accurate, but it would have been a justified argument to make. But now, now we have seen an actual policy enacted in response to this. We have seen Todd's cherished subsidiarity in action. We, we didn't see, what was her name? Jan, what's her face? Uh, the former Arizona governor. Br oh, Brewer. Brewer yeah. we, we didn't see Jan Brewer go to John Roberts at the Supreme Court and ask for permission to uphold Arizona's laws. We just saw Martha's Vineyard do the thing. We just saw him do it. Yeah, that, yeah. Get, take the trash out. That's what they called them, trash. Just take out the trash. We, we saw them do that thing. How can that not be productive? We saw them act. So now it's time for your law and order governors and sheriffs to act. Yeah, we're, yeah. Not happening here. Take you to the next blue county over. Have a nice life. Not doing that here. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. See, I, I think that's the challenge here. Is... And I'll be fascinated to see, we have seen DeSantis have a counter move for every move that's been trying to be countered to this point forward. I will be fascinated to see what the counter move to this is. Because I'm not entirely sure that they thought they were going to be this savage and ruthless in how they responded. Just literally roll camera. Here, film it and watch us as we deport these people and get rid of them. So I think it's been very productive. A precedent has been set. You have every obligation and, and duty still, an opportunity provided you have the will to defend your people against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You guys have any thoughts on that? No, you're absolutely right. Abbott sits by and watches from now, impeach him. Law is as law does. The Amen. only law that matters are the ones that are enforced regardless of whether or not they're actually real. Victor says, two questions about Lindsey Graham's proposed abortion bill. First, do you think the timing matters in that the Democrats and media will just demagogue it as a total ban and deliberately leave out the fact that Graham is just talking about after 15 weeks, which brings us into line with most of the world. All this just weeks before the midterms. Secondly, do you feel... This should still be a matter with a federal rather than a state solution. Thanks for all you do. So I have not discussed this at all, either on social media or in any public venue. I've not even discussed it privately with you guys. This will be my first comments to anybody other than my own personal thoughts on the matter. I have a guess. Given the source of the action. And there it is. And the timing of it. I just don't trust it whatsoever. I don't. 
I, I, I'm old enough to remember when I was a senior strategist on the Ted Cruz campaign and Lindsey Graham attacked us for being too pro-life, straight up. Said that uh, us and Rand Paul with our belief in these personhood uh, bills are too pro-life. You can't be that pro-life and win. So I don't view it as a serious venture. And that's why I've not given it any serious analysis or response. To that point, when you said before how you were radicalized by the Kavanaugh event, mm -hmm. back when that was going on and we were discussing it, I remember vividly a phone call and I just provided the notion that is this also the rehabilitation of Lindsey Graham because of how active he was? Oh, yeah. And yeah. you just lost your mind. Like, yeah. no, he's still dead to me. He never rises from the dead. And because I think your instincts were correct. Lindsey Graham was upset that they were doing this to one of their people. That's not the rules of engagement. You do this to Clarence Thomas. You do this to the people the other that, 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 that our base I hate likes. You don't do this to the guys. He's part of the club. We don't do this. This is regime on regime crime. We don't do this here. You guys have violated the social compact here. We don't, that's just, you know, we, have, we this is, a, this is Cosa Nostra here. We have rules here within the family. You don't get to do that. That was the alienation. Did you see Lindsey Graham get that animated when they did that to Amy Coney Barrett? Did you? No. No. If you're a dog owner, then you know taking care of your pet means more than just giving him food and water. The dog is part of your family and its health and, is, and happiness is very important to you. We've been telling you for a while now about how Rough Greens uh, makes things better for your pet because the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that your pet needs are often taken out of its diet. For the same reason, those things are taken out of our food, processing, distribution, consumption, etc. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. And now with Rough Greens, there is one for your pet. It's the simple powder you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one simple act, a lot of the good stuff that was taken out of your pet's food, you've put it back in. But you might be wondering, what if my pet doesn't like it? If it doesn't make a difference, fair questions to ask. That's why we're going to give you the first 14 day jumpstart bag for free. Just to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less, you put in a few bucks for the shipping, but we'll pick up the bigger expense with the 14 day jumpstart bag from rough greens. If you want to take advantage of this offer and put us to the test, go to roughgreens.com. R U F F for roughgreens.com, or you can call them at eight, three, three rough dog. Any final thoughts? Uh, one more question. What, okay. what would happen? So Bob Vanderplatz was on the show just an hour ago. He's not as sold. In fact, he's not sold at all that Republicans will retake the Senate. What would have to, have to happen in your mind for his gut feeling to actually come to fruition that Republicans would not take back the Senate? I think voting on uh, sticking the, the government against the church might have been such an element. Um, I think there needs to be some unforeseen significant improvement in the economy in the month of October. Something significant. That's um, not probably going to. And I just don't see how that could possibly occur. Isn't the polling in the state of Oregon for governor just kind yeah. of indicative yes. of what your your side is likely? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a complete blue state hellhole. Yeah, I, I mean, mean York, euthanasia, New everything York, there. Yeah. Last I checked, New York is within like five or six points, Correct. something like that. Yeah. So I, I, it's something that's, you know, divinely inspired that improves the economy in October. Um, I think the marriage thing might have been one of those kinds of things. But now that's off the table. That'll do it for today's show. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317.
This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.